All right. Hi, guys, and welcome back to the Fill Your Boots podcast. Today, I have the pleasure of being joined by Cal Raystrick, who used to be my coach as well. And he has absolutely dominated the coaching world, especially for competitive bodybuilders. Um, the reason why I wanted to get you on is because I highly respect you as a coach. And even though I know a lot of my listeners aren't necessarily going down the competitive route, I just wanted to get you on the podcast to talk about, you know, female physique development aside from competing, mm. uh, from more from a lifestyle perspective, and obviously how women can improve their training and their nutritional practices in line with whatever their goals are. So first things first, do you want to introduce yourself better than I just did? Okay. <laughs> and give uh, everyone an idea of what you yeah. did uh what 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 year did i coach you um it would have been 29 no 20 2020 it was like just as we went into lockdown actually yeah. yeah yeah um so yeah i've been um i've been coaching now for best part of just just under 10 well just it's now coming up 10 years um the first probably five to six years of that being on on the gym floor and then the last uh the last four years primarily like 2019 onwards when I prepped in 2019 was as soon as I finished that prep was when I started to um really start to kind of go all in on the on the online side because I was balancing you know in-house PT uh out of M10 in Nottingham which is I think the first time we met actually when you uh yeah. I think you trained legs with Hannah on one of those I did days. I trained with Hannah and that's how I first met you <laughs> yeah. um so yeah that it was a balancing act obviously at the start and then I think you you probably do get to a position after a period of time where you've kind of just got to either pick one or the other or just get yeah. good at balancing them both and kind of handling what you can handle um and then we went all in online um four years ago and then it's just it's just developed ever since so now we're we're operating you know in the uk domestically and worldwide um there's seven people on the team at the moment seven coaches which is soon to expand to 10 this year which will be great and um that covers the physique side of things but also the the uh the competitive side of things so what what we do is we typically split the team down into prep and physique so mm -hmm. physique there's four coaches at the moment that just focus on non-competitive clients that will basically look at this physique physique development progression within their own individual goals but isn't isn't towards an aspiration of stepping on stage and then the rest of the team um which i'll house myself in will be um focused on working with um competitors but as we'll say today you know as we as, as we'll talk the the fundamentals and the uh, you know and the and the building blocks are pretty much the same for both it's just the the end goal is is slightly different but the actual process of physique development is pretty much a carbon copy of um on, on both sides though yeah definitely and that's why I wanted to get you on because you're so clued up on it and what you've done with your coaching over the last few years has just actually been insane so mm -hmm. <laughs> fair play to you <laughs> so I've got a few questions some of them are questions that I've been asked through my Instagram story some of them are just things that I wanted to talk to you about so I shall just dive straight in so Obviously, you've had a lot of experience coaching women. I wanted to know your opinions on what the main mistakes you think women make with training most of the time. So people, new people that come to you, maybe don't know what they're doing. What are the things you would pick up on? Um, I think the I think the premise behind female physique development is and this is you know trying to grasp this from an early stage is understanding the understanding the goal. So like if you've got a female a female client or you know a female individual who's um who's inquired for coaching and they want to 
pursue a maybe they've seen a physique on social media or they have aspirations to look like a certain individual um is is an understanding of what is actually required to get there but what they're actually going to have to do so like a, a lot of the misconception at the start is and you'll you'll hear this all the time with people who aren't kind of from our bubble in the industry but you know yeah. i, I want to get more toned or i want to you know i want to get more definition um and that's a byproduct of just building more 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 muscle tissue so i think the biggest fundamental factor there is you know the whole the whole concept of like the word bodybuilding you know all of those goals is bodybuilding in essence you're just building more lean mass and you're trying to maintain a lower level of body fat and whether the whether the goal is to you know cut down or or gain tissue i think a lot of females at the start of that process are literally just think it's the same thing you're just looking at having more muscle definition and having more shape and that's just going to come from from building more more tissue so i think a, a big a big trap to fall in at the, start, at the start is probably the the not the wrong because i you know i'm a firm believer in anyone that trains regardless of what you enjoy training is good regardless of you know what you're doing whether it's you know, cardiovascular work, whether it's interval training, whether it's group classes, whether it's your own programming, just getting out and about and training is good. But we probably need to be a little bit more specific in how we're approaching that if the goal is as specific as I want to look that way. And the quickest way to get there or the most efficient way to get there is is um, approaching that with the mindset of driving hypertrophy in the gym and then setting up your nutrition to align with keeping body composition in check and that whole concept of like building muscle for a lot of females at the start is a little bit intimidating because they'll be like, I don't want to get too big or I don't want to get too bulky where in actual fact, like you'll know yourself, Phil, like takes a long time to build, to build any muscle. <laughs> I'm at trying all. to get big and bulky and it's, it's a slow one. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> so no, it's, it's a process. Yeah, it absolutely is a process. And I think you're absolutely spot on with the word bodybuilding. I think people initially, if people, especially outside of our bubble, will probably think, oh my God, they think of these physique women, like, you know, top bodybuilders, not, you know, anyone underneath that kind of level. Um, yeah. And probably, you know, people who are assisted as well, they probably have that image in their head as opposed to, you actually just need to build muscle to actually get that really lean toned physique that you actually want anyway. Exactly. Um, so yeah, spot on. Um, it would be really great to get your insights into female hormones. This is a really big topic that comes up with my clients a lot of the time as well. People asking on Instagram, obviously training around your cycle is can be very different for everybody. Um, but it'd be great to get your opinions as to how that affects, you know, our ability to train, our strength, our training capacity. Um, what are your insights in that? Yeah. So I think this is, um, this is something that is good to have a, a grasp of because you know we've all you know every female who will be listening they're probably going to get to a point within their cycle where they're tracking that consistently whether it's something they just kind of stumble upon where oh, i wasn't quite strong in the gym today or my work capacity was down or i couldn't get the same amount of reps i could last week or i feel really tired this week and the body feels beaten up and a lot of that besides like general fatigue accumulating from training a lot of that for a female um, particularly in that age demographic, you know, and I'd say age demographic of like 15, 16 to like late thirties before we're going to start getting into that kind of menopausal realm or premenopausal realm. Yeah. A lot of that is going to be related to, to hormone output and the menstrual cycle. So, you know, from a, from a programming perspective, 
whether it's you're doing it on your own or you've got a coach, you know, a pretty smart way of doing that would be, and this isn't like, all right, I need to have two different programs for both sides of the menstrual cycle. Cause I've, I've seen it before where, and you know, I'll, I'll have coached individuals where they've come to me and they've been having, I've got an A, I like, I've got two different training programs I do for one for follicular one for luteal or I've got two different nutritional plans and it's quite easy to fall in the trap of like massively overcomplicating things so typically what what I do in that situation is like in a in a phase of the menstrual cycle which is typically that later luteal week three week four pre-menses um time frame it's like just understand that you probably are going to feel a little bit more beaten up and tired you're probably going to be a little bit more fatigued your motivation to train might be a little bit lower your strength in the gym might be a little bit further down than it was a couple of weeks ago. So it's setting an expectation when you're going into your workouts of just accepting the fact that this is going to happen is you don't, I don't need to beat myself up about it and I can just pre-plan for it. So whether that's you just pull a little bit of load away from some of the exercises or, you know, you're on four plates and a leg press and you just take one off for that week, just to allow yourself to get the reps out that you need. Um, yeah. it's just accounting for that and likewise you know if you're in that early follicular phase that that, that pre-ovulation phase like day probably two two one or two days after after you finish menses is going to be like prime time window for estrogen to start to pick up and you to feel good and strength to start to creep up like pushing those pushing those workouts where you feel great but listen yeah. to your body listen to your body elsewhere i think that that concept of you know, the term of listening to your body is massively important there. And I think a lot of, a lot of females at the start will probably just try and block that out and be like, I've just got to stay stubborn and I've got to hit my goals. Whereas the more experienced you get and the more in tune you get with your body, the better you get at just understanding, right, this is where I'm at. I'm just going to adjust these things for this week to make sure I can move through this smoothly. Yeah. For me, it's a fine line because I'm like tempted almost not to think that I'm going to be weaker on that day yeah, yeah, for sure. sometimes yeah. it can be a mindset game as well where you're kind of like if I think I'm going to be weak I probably will be weak but yeah. I, actually if I just take it as it comes and be like you say intuitive with it then I think that's a better place to be rather than going this week I'm going to be shit in the gym yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> almost like a uh, it turns into like a self-fulfilling prophecy there where it's like you almost expect it to happen so yeah, yeah I think that, that ability to um that ability to auto-regulate that and just basically make them aware of like this might happen but if you feel great then you can push just as normal exactly couldn't agree more with that um moving across to nutrition obviously I think from my experience as well that is probably the primary thing that holds a lot of women back when I started training as you well know like I was of the mindset that I wasn't meant to eat very much like most women think probably when they get going that really held me back in terms of actually getting the physique that I I wanted. And it's only really in the last sort of few years that I've properly cracked down on that and gone, I need food in order to actually progress. And I do have a fast metabolism. I need to eat a lot more than a lot of people. Um, What is that? How do you approach that with women? Because I do appreciate it's really scary when you start you know, building that up and sort of recognizing the fact that you can eat more, like how, so you got, say you got a woman on board who was scared of doing that. How would you approach that with them? Um, I think understanding the goal, the first thing we said, understanding the goal and the direction you need to move in is important. So if they want to use those, those catchphrases of, I want to tone up or I want to get more muscle definition, just appreciate the fact that that's coming as a byproduct of you building more lean mass and muscle tissue on your frame and that's only going to happen if we can meet those energy requirements and energy requirements being just the the requirements your body needs 
from a calorie perspective to to build and repair that new tissue um, or repair and build. Um, so th th this is the fundamental thing, like the biggest thing that's going to stop people progressing in the first one or two or three years is just the fact that they're just un chronically under consuming food. And that's the number one commonality you'll see in all those situations for females that that, that will struggle with uh physique development i'm gonna i'm gonna go upstairs because hannah's hannah's just walked through the house and the dogs are gonna get mental once oh, okay. <laughs> um but yeah the 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 underfeeding is the biggest uh is the biggest factor there and i think what one thing that i do in uh like building building awareness over that is getting good at um the, like the, the actual ability to track or manage or have an awareness over what you're consuming on a day-to-day -day basis. So like having an, having an idea, whether that's a, a meal plan setup or you just tracking macros or you just tracking calories, have an idea as to, right, what am I actually looking at on a day-to-day -day basis in terms of consumption? And I wouldn't get into the whole, and we've been, you know, we've, we've had this conversation before where the obsessive nature over, how many calories did I burn in my workout or what is my, what's my Fitbit telling me that my total daily energy expenditure is. I wouldn't go to the the depths of that. Cause I think it does build a little bit of a, a negative association to exercise in terms of number crunching, but I would definitely get an appreciation over caloric intake and then having an awareness over, right. If I was on 1800 calories now, my body weight's here and my performance in the gym is here what happens if I add another 150 or 200 calories and then let's just start creeping that number up until we're at a point where we feel as though that progress reflects that. And there'll be a massive phobia or negative association with eating more at the start because they don't want to gain weight or they see weight gain is negative or they don't want to see, you know, body composition start to deteriorate. Um, but the biggest thing that, that, that is apparent there is at the same time, when they're at that point in their goals, they're also training harder. They're training more. They're doing more volume in the gym. They're stronger. So the requirements are just increasing. And if you're not meeting that, your your training and your progress and your recovery is going to suffer. Yeah, absolutely. Love that. That's something that we worked on together as well. And I also like the fact, like when I was working with you, I like the fact that you're so matter of fact about things because it's yeah. like, this is a science. So if you want to do X, Y, and Z, you need to do this. And it's kind of as simple as that when it comes down to it, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's just, uh, it's, it's, I, th I think the biggest thing with, um, the, the, the unwillingness to do it is just the uncertainty of like, what will actually happen if I increase my food? Like, am I going to suddenly gain all this weight? But yeah. I think if you can be systematic with just getting accurate with your nutrition and being really regimented there and disciplined, because every female, every female in that situation is going to be relatively adherent to what they're doing because they want to see progress they're, they're training hard so the other the other side of the coin there is just getting the same level of diligence with your nutrition and once you compare both together then you'll really start to see progress really cotton on quickly yeah I agree with that the first few years of my training I just didn't see any progress really because I wasn't eating enough and it's yeah. only really when I started to do that that my physique actually changed in a very good way not the way that I was expecting it to in terms of like gaining body fat and all of that I actually like I love my physique now for for eating more it's really done me a lot of favors so yeah yeah for sure yeah so as you know I'm a huge advocate of like having a balanced lifestyle obviously not like your your competitors necessarily I am a huge advocate of being able to still do the things you want to do go for dinner um obviously for those that aren't trying to achieve that level of leanness that your clients probably do 
Mm. Um, what tips would you give to those who are kind of wanting to still have that in their lives, but still have big physique goals at the same time? Um, I think just an awareness over the the fundamentals there. So like if in this is the, the flexibility side of things is literally just going to come from having an appreciation over the ability for multiple things to impact energy balance, like energy balance, the term would refer to this whole concept of calories in and out. So in some situations, it isn't as simple as like, just eat more, just eat less, because we've got hormones coming into play, we've got metabolic rate, we've got function of thyroid, like it does go deeper than that. But for 99% of the situations you're going to see, it is going to come down to us having a simple appreciation over caloric intake versus my daily expenditure. And if we're looking at flexibility, and we're looking at right, how do I get to a point where I can still maintain my goals and live a, you know, have a social life? Or how do I get to a point where I can still progress and go out a few times a week with my friends and have a nice meal? It's literally just having an appreciation over the value of calories mm. in the foods you're eating day to day, but also the implications that those said meals will have on your total daily energy intake and weekly energy intake. And it's managing that. And it's literally, it's literally just like, it's just number crunching. You're just in a position where if I've got these amount of calories to play with daily, that will add up to these amount of calories to play with weekly. And I say, like roughly, it doesn't need to be to the letter, but it could be within a couple of hundred or a couple of, you know, three or 400 yeah. per week. You're just basically number crunching across the week to allocate, right, if I want to go out on a Friday evening with my friends and have this meal, well, I know that's going to be a pretty densely caloric meal. So I'm just going to pull back on the other meals in the day to allow for a little bit more. And then I'm going to go out and enjoy myself. But you're then also in a position where you still need the little voice in your head to have an awareness over being mindful in those environments. And this is, this is whole, this is the whole process of like nurturing your relationship with food and nurturing your relationship with your, your body and your body image in general, like the better, the more in tune and the more in sync gap that gets, the easier the balance will be. And obviously we both know the more restrictive that gets, the harsher that environment is and the harsher that relationship is. And you'll almost get into those environments and you'll just act, act erratically. Oh, I've got a, you know, I, I've, I've saved up these calories. So now I'm just going to try and get as much in as I can in this time window. And then two hours later, you're like, oh, why, why on earth did I do that? I, you know, your mind was in a different place. So the more you can, um, the more you can nurture that relationship between having those two in sync. And that takes time. It's not an easy thing to do. It takes a lot of time and practice. But once you've got that balance, then it's it's going to be a it's going to be a much easier balanced, uh, you know, a much easier process to actually manage like socially. Um, but also you can most definitely balance them both. It's just you need practice to get there. And I'm a firm believer in you probably need to get it wrong a few times before you start getting it right, because those lessons are going to teach you the right way. Absolutely. And it's not to say that if you are doing that and having a social life, you're you're not still achieving your physique goals. At oh, the for sure. Yeah. You still do both, can't you? It's again, it's a fine line. You have to find the balance. Yep. Yeah. Sure, amazing. Sure. So a couple of questions from Instagram. So one lady asked, and I'm assuming this is from the perspective of someone who just wants that kind of your classic female toned physique. Should women focus more on lower body than upper body? Um, I would generally say I, the only reason why I say yes is because most females and their goals will involve glutes or legs or you know, <laughs> wearing a pair of leggings or wearing a pair of shorts or jeans or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. So 
for the most part, I would say like female body image, uh, the lower body is probably a quite, quite a large dominant factor in body image in general. And I'd say like, if I was to look at a, you know, a female physique and say, right, where would females want their progress to come from? It will probably be glutes, legs in general, your shoulders, and maybe your back. Yep. So your programming is probably going to revolve around training those muscle groups with a little bit more volume and focus than potentially, you know, your chest or your, or your arms or whatever it might be. So I'd say generally speaking, like lower body programming, probably for the most part is like a two to one ratio for most females. Um, and like we used to do with yours, you might have a lower body day where you tag on some shoulders or some back work onto the main leg work for the day, but the leg work is the predominant focus and then you can just add on as you need to and i you know i've had some female clients that back in the day that were non-competitive that did want to build mortician or upper body and then you just place more focus there but for mm. the most part it's going to be it's going to be lower body orientated mm. and how do you approach that from a recovery perspective obviously if you're training lower body really frequently across the week what would you put into consideration with that so i think the the biggest thing for the management of recovery across the week is you just need to have an appreciation over the relationship between volume and, and frequency. So if we're going to be training the lower body more often, what I typically do there is say, for example, like a female client came to me and they were doing an upper lower split, for example, and they were doing lower body twice a week and upper body twice a week. And they're saying, I'm not quite getting the progress I want to see in my glutes or whatever it might be in my lower body. So if we're going to just, if we're going to change that to three or four, I've got wellness girls training legs five times a week. You're going to be in a position where you just need to take the overall weekly volume, a rough average, and you just need to spread that across more sessions. So say, for example, we now do, I think for you, we used to do three lowers and one upper maybe. And then one of those lowers had some upper body on it. Yeah. But say we did, say we did three lower body sessions now. I'd then start with the same amount of volume they were doing in two, but to spread it over three, and then I'd slowly work that up. So yeah. the important thing there is like, if you're going from two to three, you're not just repeating another workout twice and doing three sessions now at the same volume. You need to bring that volume back down and increase the frequency and then build the volume back up to allow the body to, to be able to recover from that. Absolutely. Rest is so important as well, isn't it? Especially if you're trying to train hard. I definitely yeah. went through a phase where I was just doing too much, but my training intensity dropped massively just because I couldn't hack it. Yeah. <laughs> I needed to find the balance, reduce the volume and actually be able to attack my sessions properly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, exactly. So second question is, um, this lady has been in a deficit for a really, really long time, obviously non-intentional but kind of just following what she thought she was supposed to do recently she's been told that her maintenance calories are a lot higher than she thought they were but she's afraid of gaining fat if she increases her calories back up to these quote-unquote maintenance calories how should she approach this so she's afraid of going back up from a deficit yeah yeah i, I would ju i would just do that from um just the angle of just being patient with it and being methodical in terms of just slow increments. Yeah. I think the big, the biggest thing to not fall into the trap of there. And you see this a lot with um, like ED orientated backgrounds where it's like, if I, if they increase food, they increase output at the same time. So mm -hmm. if I've given you another hundred calories, we'll suddenly do 4,000 more steps a day. So we need to have an appreciation over just not freaking out when we do add more food in and just, the the biggest the biggest flip i think and i think this is all, this is a conversation we had a couple of years ago with you where 
there was there might have been a moment where you started to include calories burnt in your exercises on a iWatch or some there was something where it was like I don't know that was I've never had a watch purposefully because maybe, maybe I, it was a different maybe it was a different uh, one I don't like it like I it just I'm quite obsessive and like number orientated I know yeah. if I had that it just wouldn't do me any favors so yeah. So I, I remember, I remember, I remember some client was basically sending me, um, they had like their workout log. So they're like the loads that they were lifting and the volume, but then they had a screenshot of, I think it might've been an iWatch with calories burnt and they were associating that caloric yeah. expenditure with like productivity. And obviously if we had that mindset, then they're also going to see, right, well, we're all progressive in nature. We're all, we're all competitive when we're going to train, right? We want to, we want to constantly improve. So it's like, they want to see that caloric expenditure increase and increase and increase. And if I'm adding more food, then they're going to even want that to go even further. So I think the biggest thing there is just having an appreciation over placing your mindset on getting stronger and getting better at executing and, mm-hmm. you know, putting more load on the bar or putting more load on the machine and having that fixation in your mind of wanting to get better in the gym, as opposed to wanting to just expend more energy. Yeah. Um, because when we can get into the habit of eating more and then right I'm now obsessed about getting stronger and getting so good at this movement pattern that it's going to build tissue that's where physique development is going to absolutely skyrocket as soon as we get out the mindset of more calorie burn more you know the the number expenditure that's where we're really going to start to see the the the, the switch flip there in regards to um that rate of progression but for her i think the biggest thing is just be patient and move move to a point that you're comfortable with so whether it's 100 calories every other week mm-hmm. and your body's not going to flip out at that rate you're, you're, you're going to see very consistent trends with you're not going to see massive jumps on the scale you're going to see very consistent trends with appetite and hunger relationship and um you know to set set yourself if there's a number that that you have so say for example she's on 1800 and she needs to get to 22 then say, right, every other week, I'm going to increase by 100 calories. And it's going to take me eight eight weeks to get there or whatever it might be. But in eight weeks time, I'm going to be at that set point. But because she's done it in a systematic way and she's stuck to it and it's been regimented, yeah. the trends that you're seeing are very, very consistent and predictable, which is the main thing. Yeah. Quite often, I think it's a case of like just going with it in terms of increasing your calories. And quite often when you see your strength go up in the gym, like that's the thing that's like, the light switch moment where you've gone like ah I get this now <laughs> like this is why I'm doing it your training starts flying and you've got the food in order to support your recovery as well yeah um, so yeah that's really helpful Cal those are all the questions that I've got from from Instagram um yeah. do you have anything else that you'd like to add uh yeah I, th- I think the the main thing I just wanted to get to get across was just the it's it's being um being in a position where females will have a little bit more clarity over when the goal is to, you know, the the one thing that I'd always used to get when I used to start coaching, especially at M10 was I always used to get female clients that would contact me online saying um, they wanted to look like Hattie Boydell, you know, the WB. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. And she looks like great, crazy legs. Like like she's always, she's always lean, like big social media girl. Yeah. Um, and they wanted to look like her, but in, you know, their first thing of doing their, their first way of taking a step closer to that would they, right. I need to do more cardio. I need to eat more calories. And I need to burn loads of calories off to get lean. Yeah. But the, what they don't understand is the, the actual tissue they, they need to look like that just isn't there yet. So just be having an appreciation over 
just approaching this in a systematic way where you're going to have to spend periods of time creeping body weight up and food up and progressing. And also you're going to have to spend periods of time tapering back and getting a little bit leaner. And it's that zigzag of like maybe eight weeks here, six weeks there, 10 weeks here, four weeks here. And you're just going up and down to a point where that lean tissue development is there. And then you're you're in a position in a couple of years time, and this will take time, but in a couple of years time where you can get lean and start to resemble that kind of figure and shape. But at the start, you getting yeah, lean, you're, you're not you're, yeah. you're not going to look anything like that because you just don't have the tissue to to carry that kind of look. That's certainly what I did when I started. I had too much emphasis on fat loss. I lost the fat and I was just skinny. Like I didn't have any muscle mass. So you actually have to spend the time doing that, don't you? Otherwise, you're just not that toned look that people think they want. You you physically cannot get that if you start like most women do with not a lot of muscle, yeah, and yeah. then just get lean. Sorry, I've got a fly around my head. It's it's the exact same as males, though. Like you're going to get a lot of males in those situations yeah. where they've not trained. Maybe they've they've trained for six months and they're like, right, I want to do a photo shoot. A, they've never been lean before, so they don't know what that looks like. But B, they just don't have the tissue to carry the look that they think they're going to look like in the first place. So just have the patience of like, you know, you're doing this. Well, you sh you should be doing this because you start falling in love with the process itself. And when you start loving the process, then it doesn't become a chore anymore. And it's not a big effort. And you oh, can't be asked to do this, can't be, can't be asked to do that. It's not as much of a burden on your lifestyle. You need to make it fit your lifestyle in the first place. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to stick to it long term yeah. um, for sustainability. And just focus on, instead of just focusing on you're starting at A, I need to get to B, let's focus on what is actually going to be in that middle ground and how we're going to get there day to day and the habits we need to create and what we need to do in terms of action. And when you immerse yourself in that process, suddenly it doesn't seem so long because you're just enjoying it day to day and you're yeah. enjoying the habits that come with that. <clears throat> but also there, the, there's just no other way of getting there besides just focusing yeah. on the smaller details to actually get there in the first place. Yeah. I think that just emphasizes the importance of not just having the aesthetic goal. Like you need these performance process orientated goals to get you there. Otherwise yeah. it's incredibly draining if you're just focused on your physique all the time, isn't it? Because it's a really slow process. It doesn't happen overnight. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Amazing. Well, thanks so much for your time today, Cal. Really My appreciate pleasure. it. Um, we'll definitely try and get you on again soon when I've got some other questions from people. Um, but where can people find you on Instagram? Uh, Instagram, just, um, just type in, well, if you type in pro team pro coach, it will come up with, um, there's all a business page. There's all of us, uh, yeah. mine will be, uh, Callum with one L and then yeah, YouTube, same thing. Type in, um, pro coach and, um, you can find us on www.teamprocoach.com. Amazing. Cool. Thanks, Cal. My pleasure. All right. Speak to you soon.